It's a simple recipe, but it would mean so much to me. Turn on the gas and make me feel fine. All I wanna say is, just give me some hot pizza. Welcome in. This is Financial Pizza. I'm Steve Sadal. It's the only podcast that features clips and more from some of the best financial advisors heard on radio and in podcasts all across the country each and every week. We bring it all to you hot, fresh, and in 30 minutes or less. Hey, Chrissy Paradis is here to help slice the pizza, produce the show. Steve, happy holidays. Thank you. Yes, I'll just say it. Merry Christmas. Yes, Merry Christmas to you. It's the most wonderful time of the year. That's what I hear. I, it, people say it. That's right. That's right. So what do we got going on today? A lot. We've got a lot. We are going to be hearing from the legendary Coach Pete Deruda. Of course. He's going to be talking about some of the financial scams in the investment world and who tops the list of financial fraudsters. Okay. We'll find out. We're also going to hear from Russ Hackman, who's going to be explaining the Santa Claus rally. Yeah, we've heard about that. Yeah. It's an interesting term. I'm excited to, sure. to hear what he has to say. And we're going to have a special guest live on the air. Yeah, this will be a first. Yes, Mark Henry of Alloy Wealth is going to talk about the best gift he has ever received and a very selfless act of kindness from his son, Hunter, just in time for Christmas. Yeah, it's a great story. It really is. So I can't wait to hear from Mark. He's uh, he's such a good guy. Such a good guy. Absolutely. Well, then, you know, there's a lot of other stuff that goes on or that has gone on. Well, again, what from a week standpoint, you know, the market was crazy. You know, uh, this week there were record highs. You know, they're saying that that's a that's a good way to end the year on a positive note. Certainly unlike last year. Sure. I mean, it couldn't be more different. However, the Fed seemed to kind of make that decision to hold steady, hold steady. which yep. isn't necessarily a, a bad thing. Steve, there is a, a movie called The Other Guys with Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. Okay. And they are cops, detectives. And the concept of the Federal Reserve is so lost on Mark Wahlberg. And I can relate before I started working he, I, it, it was hard for me to understand it. And he says at one point, and we'll have to get the drop, we're going to be locking him up in the Federal Reserve. <laughs> and Will Ferrell says, uh, he still doesn't really get the concept. No. But that's why, it, I mean, it's important to know that they're making the decision in a non-political fashion. Yeah. And they're trying to keep inflation low in the years coming. Right. And again, it's I mean, but you can't predict that. It's hard to predict. And I think that, you know, just because inflation has gone down, guess what? It's still up. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you you start to all things being fair, all things being considered. Yeah. Yep. You've heard the term mansplaining. Before. Oh, yes. Yes, I have. I'm not a huge fan of that term. No, at all it's weird. Myself, yes. Because if someone said woman-splaining, I mean, it wouldn't go over well. Let's just be honest. But there is a new term that has been coined by travelers, and it's called manspreading. 
stay with me. And do you want to care to venture a guess on what that might mean? And it has to do with traveling? Yes. It has to do with airplanes? Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, because guys are obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> well. They just plop down. Uh, there's a video on TikTok that got 3.6 million views in a three-day period alone. And there was a gentleman who's 6'4", and he had his leg in the aisle. Of course, he was filmed without his consent. What else is new? Welcome to yeah, 2023. Yeah. And that's something that me being 5'3", I've done that before. I've stretched my leg in the aisle for a couple minutes. Sure, why not? And the, with the average cost of a one-way flight right now being $380, it just kind of makes me think, like, you should be able to stretch your legs if you want. Am I crazy? Because how inconvenienced was this woman sitting a row behind him, not directly behind him, diagonally behind him, yeah, and yeah. filming him? I mean, how inconveniencing <laughs> is this for her? Yeah. And it just kind of piqued my interest. Yeah. The things that go viral. No no rhyme or reason. N none at all. No. Bless his heart. And uh, so so Walmart, did you see this? Walmart has a new TV series, believe it or not. They do. A 23-part holiday rom-com series. Ooh. <laughs> it, but the key is it features over 300 products that you can buy while watching. That is pretty genius. Well, it is. It's not a new idea. I mean, I, I, I mean, that has something. That's something. I mean, I've got a background in, in the TV shopping industry from from the beginning, and that is something that we had talked about forever. Is putting something on television, and I was part of the development team. We did that for uh, NBC and uh, Directv. Right. The development team to do being able to buy the products on Saturday Night Live. The, the product yeah. placement. The product placement that they did. And they did that for a season right. and, and that we were doing that. So, yeah, so it's not new, but it's really being able to execute it. And, and I looked at one of these. It's on YouTube, and, and it's it's interesting. I mean, well, okay, so full disclosure, you are a big, one of your favorite holiday movies is Love Actually. Love Actually, it? yes, of course. And that's a rom-com. It's a rom-com. So this, this might be right up your alley. Maybe. I'm, I'm going to check it out. I think so. Well, I yeah, it is. It's sort of, of funny, and, and they're short. They're short episodes, but they're you know they're full. It's like, oh, I wonder if she would like that. I wonder if they. Yeah, that's just it. That's a great. Yeah, it's way not bad to shop. Yeah, I like it. Uh, speaking of holiday movies, the high highest grossing holiday movies. I've got the top ten list. Can you guess the top five? Okay, let me think. I'm going to be. Uh, I'm just going to go by my favorites. Sure. Okay. okay so uh, Home Alone. Home Alone is number two, yes. Number two, okay. Um, it's a Wonderful Life. Not no, on the, not nope. on the list. Um, Elf. Elf came in at number eight. Santa Claus. The Santa Claus came in at number ten. Okay. Hmm. What are the movies am I thinking of? I've, I, I watch them all. Um, Fargo. Well, oh, that's my Christmas movie. I, I, I could I could see why that would be your Christmas movie. The Grinch is number one. Oh, The Grinch. OK, sure. That makes sense. Five hundred and twenty six million seven hundred and sixty thousand six hundred thirty two bucks. Wow. I, that's a pretty penny. Then Home Alone, Home Alone 2, then Dr. Seuss's Grinch. And then A Christmas Carol. Oh, Christmas Carol. OK, sure. So yeah. and then your, Love Alone. Actually is on there as well. Well, too. yeah. 
Uh, well, that's good. It should be. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. So I, uh, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, that one, um, I heard somebody talking about this uh, the other day, and I couldn't believe it. They had never seen it before, and they, were, they watched it for the first time. They thought it was horrible. What? They thought it was just a, a horrible, you know, you know, example of what a bad Christmas movie. It's like, no, no, no. It's, Who is this monster? Well, you know him, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and I won't say his name, but okay. you know him. Uh-oh. Yes. And um, and I couldn't believe what he was saying. That is, it's it's a, you know, there are a couple moments that well, scared me because I was a kid when I saw it the first time. It was in 1992 that it came out. Sure. But it, it's heartwarming at well, the end. it is. And, and I mean, I understand it's, it's formulaic in that the first one worked, so why wouldn't the second one? And I mean, you know, you think Chris Columbus, you think John Hughes, they, they're brilliant. That's what right. they did. Yeah. Oh, gosh, there's some great, great moments. I mean, oh, yeah. Kevin McAllister is a staple of my yeah. Christmas every oh, yeah. year. Well, and I mean, you know, so then, so everybody's talking Macaulay Culkin. And what about Kieran uh, Culkin, Kieran right? Culkin is... So he's in Home Alone, right? He is the one, he's the littlest he's the little, kid he's with the, the big glasses. The, the, what's the bed? Yes, yes. Oh, my That's goodness. him. So then you think, I, when I was watching Home Alone this year, I was thinking, oh, my gosh. Go from this to Succession, right? The wow. TV show Succession. I know him from Scream 4, which okay. is a little bit embarrassing. but um, uh, No, that's okay. But, whoa, that is just the more you know. The more you know. Exactly right. All right, so let's jump in. Let's get some, uh, let's get some clips going here. Let's hear from uh, Coach Pete DeRuta talking with uh, Hall of Fame broadcaster. Hockey Hall of Fame broadcaster, the one and only Chuck Caton. Uh, they do the, they do a show called Rock On Retirement together, and they're talking scams. The, the one on everyone's tip of everyone's tongue is FTX. Yes. Now, does that ring a bell with you? Absolutely. I don't know how people could have uh, <laughs> been scammed by this, but I guess anything was possible. Well, people fall the for the world. dream. Chuck, they fall for the dream over and over again. They yeah. fall for the dream, just like the chain letters back in the day. Hey, put a dollar in here, send it to five, five send a dollar to five people, and they'll send ten people will send you a dollar back. You know what I'm and disappointed back? Yeah, I, you know what I'm disappointed in What's was that? some of the celebrities that endorsed this, oh, probably yeah. unknowing that it was a, a, a fraud. You know, FTX was launched in May of 2019. Believe it or not, I mean it's it's been a, it had been around a while, yeah. and people had been investing, like you said. A lot of celebrities that got involved. Tom Brady was doing advertisements mm-hmm. uh, for FTX, as were some other Shaq celebrities. Yeah, Shaq too. Yeah. I think Shaq was actually served with his, with his papers. With, with he had deposition papers <laughs> during one of his broadcasts. And they you know that Charles dep- Barkley would have loved that one. They deposed him. They call it. Yeah. So, I mean, it, the, well, over billions of dollars were lost in the FTX scam. Yeah. Now, I mean, what do you know about it? Uh, you know anything about it? No, I don't, other than the fact that this guy was young and he thought he was invincible. Yep. And, uh, you know, your old uh, adage, and it is so true in life, if it's too good to be true, it yep. usually is. Sam Bankman Freed was yes. his name. So yeah. if you see that name. Uh, and he ought to be fried, country, yeah. actually. <laughs> the next one, this goes all the way back to, to March of 2004. So 2004. And a Stanford University sophomore named Elizabeth Holmes dropped out of school to focus on her new startup called Theranos, mm. which set out to make blood tests more efficient, more accurate, and much faster. Five years later, Holmes linked up with new business partner, Ramesh Sunny Balwani, who guaranteed a $10 million loan to Theranos. Now, that sounds pretty good, right? She, uh, she came out of nowhere. She's inventing a new system to, have you ever had blood taken? 
Yes. Sometimes they have to take 20 vials, it looks like. you yeah. know. What if they could take one vial of blood and do all the tests from that and not have to keep loading it into different machines? That's right. Well, that's yeah. what she was saying she developed. She developed mm. a process where you could just take almost like a finger prick of blood and they can do a thousand different tests on that blood uh, within within 30 minutes. Yeah, again. They usually have to go home and, and wait days to get a call from the from the doctor, from the lab. Yeah, you know, like Echo Lab. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but she figured out a way where supposedly you didn't need to do that. Of course, it was all a scam. She had some big names behind her it was valued at 10 billion dollars by 2014 her company uh, by 2015 however the company's highly touted automated compact testing device was exposed as unworkable by medical testing professionals and then soon after federal and state regulators they filed uh, wire fraud and conspiracy charges against the company that elizabeth holmes had started so now Theranos. here's the question i've got where were the regulators before all of this well, aren't you supposed to get things approved <laughs> before regulators have yeah, to that's deregulate a different, that's you a different show chuck okay, <laughs> it's a different show there you go but you're right and, and uh, here's what happened when people checked their money they gave to uh, theranos and it's gone. It was gone. They checked their <laughs> statements. There's no money there. That ain't so, a whole uh, run. That's right. So just be very careful. I mean, what what uh, people were falling for this because people that were more astute and more famous for her uh, academically were saying that that was a great process she had, but they were in on the scam too. So again, it's it's not only believing the lie, but you're believing others who are lying. And it's all done to, to, for money. They were all trying to make money. And a lot of people did make money, but a lot of people lost a ton. Absolutely, yeah. There. Terrible. Uh, Ivan Boski, does that name ring a bell yes, to you? It, it should does. ring a bell. Ivan the Terrible. That was 1980s. It. Yes. You want to tell uh, folks what you remember about Ivan Boski? Oh, Ivan Boski, well, he was one of these guys that he made over $200 million. He invested in corporate takeovers and money mergers. Now, uh, the only thing is... Uh, SEC charged him in 1985 with illegally profiting from insider trading. Well, he was among the first Wall Street traders to ever go to prison on inside trading charges, believe it or not, Chuck. Yeah. You know, uh, 1980s. Now, the market's been around, around a lot longer than 1980s, yet he's the first person to ever go to jail that mm, we know about. Way before Martha Stewart, I guess. Eh? <laughs> well, yeah, that was a funny story, too. Wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. She really didn't do anything that bad when you look at some of the things that now... No, relatively <laughs> if speaking. If you do anything bad, it's yeah, bad. And yeah. they have they have rules and laws for a reason. But when you look at some of the people that have got away with things compared to what she got in trouble for, the people who got away with things came out pretty good. You know, it's just funny in the financial world. We have to be very careful. The, the common theme for, for these three things that we've just talked about, the three different periods of time, three different kind of ideas, three different kind of companies, all the same kind of scams. And the scam is that they made money at your expense as an investor. Absolutely. Chuck, is that fair in the investment world to to have to let people have an unfair advantage? Not really, and that's why. Not it, really, not ever. I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck, it's never a good thing for someone to have an unfair advantage in, no. in anything. You see in, sport, in the sports world, uh, other teams are getting mad if a, a coach sends a, a a coach to a different ball game to film it from the stands. Uh, you are hitting home with me as a Michigan grad. I hear you. That, I hear you. Yeah, we're still so, number. I mean, well. It's called scouting, and it's been around forever. <laughs> yeah, so that was legal. that was something else, wasn't it? Yeah. Rounding, uh, well, coming on the list here, number four, and of course, there's no there's no order on purpose here because more recent and more things that we we thought about, and this this is the way the article listed them too. Uh, number four was Bernie Madoff. Yes, who made off with a lot. <laughs> 
<laughs> and he actually what a was fitting a, name for a scam artist, huh? <laughs> like you said, he made off with everyone's money. Yeah, imprisoned here in North Carolina. Yeah, and uh, now, now of course gone. Yeah, you know, former New York City fund manager Bernie Madoff, long gone, having passed away in April 2021, in prison at the age of 82. Of course, that was Butner, North Carolina. But the Madoff story still resonates in 2023 with the successful Netflix documentary, The Monster of Wall Street. Did you ever see that? It's a really good one. Well, is he related Netflix? to the wolf? <laughs> no, it's a, well, it is. It's sort of like that, but he's a monster. <laughs> he sure was, and I uh, actually know some people that got taken. Yeah, it re, it re, that that documentary retold the tale of the mastermind behind the biggest Ponzi scheme ever recorded. It's true. It is true. If it's too good to be true, it's, it's probably. I mean, it it's it's a statement that bears repeating, and Coach and. Chuck managed to cover what is a very complex and kind of long-running scam in a very concise and pithy manner. I liked it, yeah. And uh, let's see, uh, what else are we talking about here? Oh, the uh, word of the year. Okay. You're, you're familiar with this one? I'm the not. word that came out for the word of the year is Riz. R-I-Z-Z, Riz. I think of like Rizzo from Greece. Well, yeah, that's what I thought too when I saw it. But uh, nope, it's the kids that are using it. Riz, it's called uh, a short for charisma. Have you got the charm, the Riz? As if charisma is just too many syllables. What is the beef with the word? Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, you've got it. You've got so much Riz, Steve. You're <laughs> oh, just... well, and you too. There Thank you go. Thank you. And uh, so, again, that's Word of the Year. There are a whole bunch of words that came out this year that I didn't understand. You know, I it's a whole other language, but there's I'm sure that's a very popular trending hashtag mm-hmm. right now. Probably, probably it is. You know what else is? Financial pizza. Oh, yeah, financial pizza. <laughs> exactly. So here's the thing. We talk about how how people, how much money they make, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to, let's look at Bill Gates. Uh, Bill Gates, of course, uh, he he he's worth a lot of money, right? Of, the, of course, the I, billions. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Consider this: the average person earns about two point seven million dollars in their lifetime. That's according to a career information site. So Gates earns approximately three to four times that amount. Two point seven, three to four times that amount in one day. Oh, my goodness! Estimating his daily earnings, daily. Earnings ten point nine five million. That's about one hundred and seventeen dollars per second. What? Yeah. I mean, good for him, I guess. But what is he doing to keep this? I mean, he is this a hustler, baby. Yeah. Well, and uh, let's see, seven point six million a day, or three hundred nineteen thousand six hundred thirty-five dollars per hour. You know, I will humbly take any of that money that he would care to share with me. <laughs> yes, exactly. I would. I would accept that. Who else did you talk with this week? Uh, Well, Russ Hackman and consumer advocate Dave Perkins discussed that Santa Claus rally and the inflation that we've all been feeling for the past year. So let's uh, hear what the Wall Street sweeper Russ has to say. Yeah, well, as you mentioned, Dave, the the Santa Claus rally is a sort of, you know, just like the early fall tends to be kind of weak for the financial markets. The uh, December tends to be pretty good, but you know, this month so far looks like it certainly, uh, you know, is not serving us up roses. And yeah, we may end up with coal in our stockings. Mm. There's been a lot of volatility, um, a lot of, uh, you know, just confusion around what's going on with inflation. Obviously, the political environment is unstable with now, 
you know, the Senate clearly in the hands of the Democrats, the House in the hands of the Republicans. And I think the outlook for 2024 politically is more unknown than ever. And all of that's just, you know, one day the markets are up a bunch and one day the markets yeah. are down a bunch. Yeah, checks and balances we're going to be uh, looking at. it. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. I always tend to consider checks and balances to be good. We're certainly going to have that. Yeah, yeah I mean, there, there is a sort of old adage that uh, political sort of uh, gridlock is good because at least the politicians can't mess anything up, right? <laughs> right? I think in this case, you know, it's reasonably clear that the current administration uh, has really not been doing the economy a whole lot of favors. Um, and, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, there's possibility of a continued Democratic administration in 2024, mm -hmm. uh, which may not renew the tax cuts that are due to expire in 2026, which may continue to be somewhat business unfriendly. That's a tough thing. And that's that I think is what the markets are are reacting to when you see these big down days um, and uh, just a lot of uncertainty around the inflation outlook as well. It's it's tough out there. And I thought that we were expecting a slowdown in the uh, pace of interest rate increases. Where, where do you think we are with that? Well, I think that is coming, Dave, that, um, you know, the Fed has raised interest rates up to four percent. All of us have seen that out in mortgage rates. A uh, client was just emailing the other day around what he just just paid on a credit card loan, like, uh, I'm sorry, a car loan, mm -hmm. 6% or so was the best he could get. And he was like, wow, you know, that's, wow. we haven't seen things like that in a while. Um, and uh, so, but, and so the Fed is likely to keep raising rates up towards 5%. And some people think it may get even more. And, uh, you know, we've continued to have some pretty strong economic data which is generally what is knocking the market down. We get strong data that shows like, hey, the f inflation may not be uh, getting out of control soon. And then, you know, there's a question as to whether or not, you know, the, the, the Fed is going to have to really force the economy into a recession. And there's some, you know, significant, um, you know, uncertainty around that. Folks like Jamie Diamond of J.P. Morgan, David Solomon of Goldman Sachs, uh, are saying, hey, it may get, you know, it may get worse before it gets better. And you can catch The Wall Street Sweeper on WBZ Sundays at 10 a.m. on iHeart, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. Well, that's good. And uh, we have so much more to talk about. Let's talk about Mark Henry. Can we? Can we do that? Yes, absolutely. He's ready to go, right? Yes, he's, oh, he's ready to go. And we actually have, a, we've got a full studio, full house today. As All right. A, Dave Perkins is joining us, and we are just going to kind of dive into this story that's timed perfectly for the most wonderful time of the year. Dave, let's start with you. I've been battling kidney disease for 20-plus years, and uh, so I'd made a lot of changes in my life. The doctors kept telling me I was sick, and I just didn't feel sick, and everybody knows I work 60 hours a week or more and run three major companies, and... Uh, so I just refused to believe I was sick, but my kidney function kept falling. So when it got into stage four, they said, look, this is serious, but I didn't have any symptoms. You know, Dave, I wasn't on mm -hmm. dialysis. They told me I should be tired and run down and not working and legs should be swollen. I didn't have any of that. You were still going. 
I was just going like, that's just what we do. I, I don't know any different. I was given a very strong work ethic by my family, and uh, and that's just who I am. I get up and I go to work. That's what I know. And most of you listening today have that similar work ethic. Uh, it's something that I strive for our younger generations to get. And a lot of them have it. I'm not picking on them. A lot of them have it, but unfortunately, a lot of them don't. But I just got up and went to work. So I wanted to prove them wrong. And so I really went on a health journey about a year and a half ago. And most of the clients know I lost about 50 pounds. And they said I would never be off insulin my whole life. But uh, but I was fortunate. God worked wonders in my life. And I was able to get completely off insulin and was working out and just lost weight and got down to a weight I'd been in in college. And I felt great. But Dave, the kidney function didn't get better. Mm. And then I went into stage five kidney disease, which they call that the end of life stage, stage five. Wow. And uh, they said, Mark, you got to do something here. And I said, well, why? I'm, I'm great. Look at me. I feel great. I'm, I'm exercising every day, lifting weights, running. I was doing 15,000 steps a day and, uh, wow. you know, at least sometimes 20. And I was lifting weights three days a week and I really felt good. And I was off insulin. My diabetes was better than it had been controlled better at, you know, 5.8 A1C. I was like, this is the best ever. How am I sick? And they said, look, you really are. So I got into the program at uh, Wake Forest Baptist Memorial. That's one of the best kidney centers in America. And I can tell you they're wonderful people down there. You know, I, I remember the first meeting I went to, they had to go to this big meeting to understand how the program works for kidney transplant. I was wanted to get a deceased donor's kidney. They told me I needed a live donor, but my, my wife and my oldest son, Hunter, who works with us, went with us. And uh, I looked around the room and I didn't belong there. Uh, these people were sick and I wasn't sick, mm -hmm. but I was the only one in the room on stage five. Most of them were stage three or stage four. Wow. And they looked sick. And I was like, I don't you belong didn't. here. Yeah. I do not belong here. This is not who I am. But I went through the process and, and during it, my son said he wanted to see if he could be a match. And I said, absolutely not. I'd already told them that it was not possible. I was not going to allow anybody in my family to give me to be a donor. I just didn't want it. I just felt like, you know, that's something you do for your kids, Dave. It's not something you do, you take from your kids. Mm -hmm. And I refused. Well, unbeknownst to me during this time, Hunter went behind my back to uh -huh. Wake Forest and started doing the testing to see if he could be a match. And it turned out he was an ideal match. Well, that led to some serious family discussions. And uh, Hunter finally forced my hand uh, early this summer by saying that if I didn't accept a kidney from him, he was going to donate to someone else. He felt that strongly about the giving life and wow. donating a kidney to someone. And I didn't believe him at first, but it came very apparent because he kept going down there and he was going to put himself on the donor list and give a kidney to somebody else if I wouldn't accept it. So after a lot of discussion, we finally decided that I would get a kidney transplant, one that I didn't really feel like I needed, Dave. Mm -hmm. So uh, on November 7th, my son and I went to Wake Forest, and I received a kidney from my son. He was a living donor. And uh, the experience has been just unbelievable. You know, Dave, at my age, I felt like I truly knew what love was. Uh, I've been married for 30 years to my wonderful wife, Terry, and, uh, and I've lived a lot. I mean, I have really lived a lot, and I thought I truly understood love. I've been a Christian for most, most of my life, and uh, I just thought I knew what love was. And it took a 28-year-old son to give me a gift that I didn't deserve and I can never repay to him to actually teach me what love really is, Dave. What a great story right yeah, here at it, Christmas, too. 
it's unbelievable. Well, it reminds me of what Jesus did for us. And, and, and I didn't really, I've always thought I understood that, but I really didn't. And it taken my son to really, to change my life. And I can tell you, uh, and I hate saying this, the doctors were right. Uh, I'm on quarantine after quarantine for 90 days because of the rejection medicine. So I can't be around any people, but I have more energy. I, I think I've been operating Dave on less than 50% of my capabilities for probably the last 20 years. What are you going to be like at a hundred percent? I have no idea. It, it, this has been, it, I have more energy. I'm working out. And you know, the only way I feel like I can honor my son and the gift he's given me is by becoming the best human being I can be. So I've used this time to really work on my life, to get closer to God and to really become health wise, the very best version of Mark Henry that I can possibly be. So, Mark, you said uh, this experience has really given you a whole new outlook on life. Can you can you elaborate on that? Yeah, Dave, it's uh, it's truly incredible, and, and most people wouldn't understand it. But you know, the doctors told me that I was sick, and I just didn't believe them. I was working, you know, I have three companies, and I was working sixty hours a week, and I and I was fine. Um, but the reality is, I wasn't fine. Uh, kidney function at twelve, thirteen percent. Although I wasn't on dialysis or anything like that, um, I was sick. And I didn't understand it. And then going through this process and my son being the actual donor and all was just so overwhelming, I guess, is the best word I can think of. And I truly just didn't know how I was going to feel. But the actual how I feel after the surgery, I feel like I feel better than I felt in 20 years, literally. I think I've been operating on less than 50 percent of what I've been capable for. But what what what's really happened is it's more than how I feel health-wise. It's how I feel internally. Um, it's just been a reset of my life, my priorities. And, you know, I'm still driven. I still want to grow the companies and, and, and you know, and help people. But at the same time, I have a different perspective on life. Uh, I feel like I've been given a new lease on life and I'm learning lessons that I should have learned 30 years ago or 40 years ago, but I'm learning them today. Every day is a gift from God and it's truly made me appreciate it. And I always think I was humble and wanted to appreciate life, but I'm not sure I did. And feeling the way I feel now has brought me closer to God than I've ever been. Well, that's great. And and Mark, I, I did ask you on the show, so if I could repeat this question. Um, so you, you shared what Hunter, your son, did for you. Is he clear now for Christmas, or does he still need to go out and buy you a, a gift? <laughs> <laughs> well, according to Seth, so I have three children, Hunter, Amy, and Seth. Seth's the youngest. He's the race car driver that gets all the fame. And, and obviously, being a motorsports enthusiast, I've always given him a lot of attention. And also, I'm a different dad than I was for Hunter, because there's a nine-year age gap between those two. And uh, and I was hard on Hunter, and, and I've probably been easier on Seth for good or bad. But the reality is... Uh, Seth claims that Hunter only donated the kidney because he wanted to become the favorite child. Um, <laughs> the reality is, you know, you want to not have favorites, but it has given me a different look at what my young man did for me. Hunter's an amazing son, yes, he and is. he would do anything in the world for me, and he truly showed me what love is in a way that I have never experienced before in my life. Thank you so much. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. We so appreciate it, and happy holidays. You got it, guys. Thanks, everybody, for your help today. I appreciate y'all doing this for me thank you merry christmas to y'all love y'all bye love you we love you mark what a remarkable story thanks mark thanks dave chrissy again what a what a great way to bring this whole thing together so heartwarming and i'm so glad that both mark and hunter are healthy and happy and that's what matters and 
You can tune into Live in Large Retirement wherever you get your podcasts and tune in. Check out Mark Henry. So, but again, that puts the wraps on episode 208 of wow. Financial Pizza. How about that? Yes, exactly right. If you want uh, pizza delivered to you every week, we'll do it. No charge. And we'll put it in your podcast collection automatically. All you got to do is uh, register, register. All you have to do is subscribe online at Apple or iHeart or wherever you get a podcast. And uh, we've got links to all the podcasts to include Mark Henry and, uh, and Coach Pete and all of that. We've got links to everybody. Yeah, that's how you, that's how we roll. And if you want to reach Chrissy, just send it to Chrissy at FinancialPizza.com. I'm Steve at FinancialPizza.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us, uh, well, anywhere that you get a podcast. And really just, you can find us. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. We really do appreciate it. Going to be back next week with another episode of Financial Pizza. Merry Christmas. Pizza. Coach P Radio. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Peter J. Deruta or his guests are liable for the usage of information discussed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Annuity guarantees are based solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Individuals should thoroughly review the contract for specific details of the product features and costs. Income payments and withdrawals from deferred annuities are generally taxable as ordinary income in the year they are taken. Money management is provided by Equus Capital Management. Equus is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in San Rafael, California. Investment advice by Capital Financial Advisory Group, LLC, a North Carolina-registered investment advisor. Insurance advice given by Capital Financial and Insurance, a North Carolina-licensed insurance agency.